Thank you. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. You are here. Of a truth, you are here. To show us Jesus clearly. To give us light. Thank you. Thank you. These are not just words. This is the very essence. A communication of eternal life. That we will know you. The only true God. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Hmm. By the grace of God this evening, we are starting a new teaching series, which I am trusting and I am hopeful will last us um, the month of April. As we delve in, really, the question is, how do you study the Word of God? How do you study the Bible? How do you interact with the Scriptures to obtain revelation knowledge hear me hear me this is extremely critical and i believe that this word is very timely for us as a people and also as the body of christ the reason i am saying that and we've titled it let there be light let there be light let there be light the reason why I believe, hear me, I need you to settle down. We are diving in right away. There's a stirring up in my spirit. And the reason why I believe this is an extremely critical conversation is because we just spent the last five months or so delving and teaching about the realities of the kingdom of God and what it means to live a life of dominion. And the big question is, having learned all that, what next? Because we are not the first to teach the dominion mandate and we won't be the last to teach it. However, it doesn't automatically mean that everyone who has spent the last five months with us learning about victory in the kingdom, learning about dominion, kingdom prosperity, kingdom health, learning about bringing superiority, representing the king of glory in domains. It doesn't mean that that, that just happens. It is possible to know it. It is possible to learn it and not be it. And we must contend, hear me. There are two ways to do ministry and it is important that you realize what God has called you and what God has called us to. There is a dimension of ministry that stands at the well and when people show up for fish, gives them fish and they say thank you and they go and they return. There is another dimension of ministry. This is not just teaching them to fish now. This is telling them you own the ocean. This is telling them you are not here to live a subservient life. You are here to represent the king of glory. And it doesn't matter how loud or how low my voice is. Until the word of God begins to be quickened in you. That is when you are no more interacting with letter. You are interacting with spirit. And that's where revelation happens. That's the faith lane. And that is where dominion truly happens. If you are writing down. Hmm, thank you Jesus. The life of dominion is powered by revelation knowledge. If you are going to do the impossible, if you are going to leave the impossible, you, you need to start seeing the invisible. You, you need to start seeing what everybody isn't seeing. Yes, everybody has a Bible. 
Everybody just read Genesis. Everybody has a Bible plan, but not everybody is seeing it. If you are going to do or leave the impossible, you need to trust God to begin to see the invisible. And that is our assignment this month by the Spirit. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. I don't want to be the one talking about a life of dominion and leaving something else. Not me. Not you. Not us. Not us. We don't want to explain it away. It's in some distant future. No, right now, right now, we begin to contend for revelation truth, revelation knowledge, a release and a supply of the spirit and we have what it takes to change our world. It was said about a few men. These are the ones that have turned the world upside down. They were not interacting with letter. They were, they were transacting at a deeper level of revelation and they were able to turn their world upside down. And I see that people this evening, I believe I am speaking to those ones who will arise. Something will be quickened on their inside that this life of dominion is not for someone else. It is for me. And there is a quickening by the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Hear me? I've never even touched the slide yet. The, I just feel a need to let this burden, let somebody see it and receive it. You know, the way the world is talking, the world has been tough. We've been in a recession. We've been in a this. Do you know in this same season, many have entered into the biggest, best seasons of their lives? In this same season, ministries have dedicated large facilities, entered taking pos possession of fully paid buildings, Many have opened schools and nurseries and, 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 and daycares in this same season. Many have received dark terminal diagnoses and have worked the word and have received a clean bill of health in this same season. I will choose those that I will look to as examples. If you are following Jesus, then I can follow you. If you are living dominion, then I can, I can queue behind you so that as you follow Christ, I will follow you. Not, a, not queuing behind the explanation. It's been tough. It's a recession. People are no longer coming to church. We may have to sell the building. No, no, no. I've tuned. I, 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 I empathize with you, but I am living on the faith lane. I am living on the dominion lane. And see, it will sound impossible and it will sound like arrogance and it will sound insensitive until you begin to see the invisible and that is our assignment this evening. Engaging with the word to obtain revelation knowledge. Let there be light. Come on, say it with me. Let there be light. We're about to be changed forever. Forever. Hmm. So having learned the kingdom, what next? The life of dominion must be powered by revelation. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Let me, let me, let me set your expectations for this month. Eventually, we will get to practical steps. Eventually. But really, my assignment this evening is to, is to set your heart on fire. That's the goal this evening. So you might not hear things like, start with John. Go to Luke. This evening, yet. All right, we'll get to the practicalities. But let's settle the source of light first. And how to really obtain, to, to, to make the best of it first. And then we'll get into the the. The, the practicality of really what it takes. And, and I'm trusting the Lord, please pray for me today. Pray for me this month. Well, pray for us always, really. Uh, because this really is a training. It's not a teaching. It's a training. It's not a teaching. And it's, it's a layer more, 
it's, it's different. I won't say it's difficult. It's just different to do a training like this. A teaching can be delivered like this. Training really is, is I, I would have loved to engage us more, walk us through practicalities, but we trust God that we'll be able to do some of those at the next Bible town hall. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, we read from verse 1 to 4 as we begin to lay the bricks for our conversation in the month of April. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is so rich. We will not, we'll get to it, all right? Verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was Overing over the face of the waters. In verse 3, then God said, as a matter of priority, we're about to begin a new project now, but our priority must be light, else every other thing we do will be darkness. So as a matter of priority, if you are going to live that life of dominion, if you are going to be all that the word of God has promised, experientially you and I must place premium as a matter of urgency and priority on the existence of light somebody say with me let there be light it says and there was light this light was not the sun was not the moon for those who would show up later let there be light and God saw the light that it was good. Boy, I could literally stay on verse 4 and we'll be here. God saw the light. It was good. I'm going to avoid the temptation to delve. It's not like you won't be blessed. But let's stay on course and we can use this same text for practicals when the time comes. He saw that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. And God divided the light from the darkness. Hmm. As we lay the bricks in this part one of let there be light, I want to really challenge you that what you need, everything you need, and if you cannot find a way to believe and to agree with you, you will not be the one that revelation knowledge is meant for. Let me tell you, and you'll see it shortly, revelation knowledge is what you find once you go beyond the surface. And it is, it is, it is, it is, it is interesting that even in our casual work, in our vocations, we don't use that approach. Many of us as students studying for, for exams or, or just working towards a professional certification or maybe in high school or in college or, or a postgraduate degree, there is nobody that takes an outline or a book and flips through it and closes it and says, I am done now. You already know. You already know that you're about to produce. In fact, even the university may not be willing to put their, their stamp on you and call you their graduate. But many of us, that's how we interact with what really controls everything. So really, the burden on my heart this evening is 
the fire to realize the profitability of God's word. The profitability of God's word. If you can agree that this word is profitable, if you can agree that this thing PD is talking about, maybe it is worth chasing after. Maybe indeed these things that the Gentiles seek after are supposed to be chasing after me. Many of us don't have a devotional life. Many of us don't have an existing relationship. Not re- and I'm not absolving responsibility, not because you don't want to, but you're looking at the cares of life. Some really now are already counting down. This service should be over quickly. I need to sleep because I need to get to work tomorrow. There's no plan for any other thing. And you want to work, 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 and earn money and take care of yourself and your surrounding. And you want to use God to achieve that agenda. And God is saying, I want to raise you to spend your life with me so that I can lavish the riches of my glory through you to your world. Is somebody seeing it? So that it is really, it is really, boy, boy, thank you, precious Holy Spirit. And I hope somebody will get it this evening. This is the true profitable way to achieve everything God has created you to be. It has to be the way of the word. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. From verse 15, Paul begins to admonish his son. He says, as from a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. You're interacting at a certain level of wisdom unto salvation. It tells us which is really where we're going in verse 16. All Scripture, all Scripture is profitable. Let me read it. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, is given by the breath of God, and is profitable. I'll read the entire scripture. I'll come back to it. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Hear me, child of God. There are many ways to dissect this. Our emphasis this evening is that God's word is profitable. If you can accept that. If you can accept that. I can convince you now that what you are, able, what you are going to do tomorrow and next week, and next month, there is another way, and you can achieve not just the same results, but you can achieve it a million, billion times, not just for yourself and those around you, but for a generation. And those yet unborn will continue to thank God that you came. You must settle it somewhere on your inside that this is the way to profit. And they will now begin to dissect matters of doctrine. It is for my profit. If you do not believe doctrine is for your profit, you will fight doctrine. You begin to pick the things you want to believe from God's word. This one, I'm okay with it. This one, mm -mm. this one, because you've not settled it, it is for my own. It's not for God's profit. It's, It's not profitable to instruct God. It's for your profit. It's for your profit. It's for my profit. And hear me, hear me. This is a hard truth that I'm about to say now. And it, it affects me as much as it affects all of us. If we will agree to be sincere. That the current level of manifestation we are seeing today is a function of how much revelation we are intermeddling with. 
It's a hard truth. But you must be humble enough <laughs> that what the results I'm bringing now is, is as much light as I have today. I have to trust God for more and trust him there is more. I know the visions he's shown me. I know the promises I see in his word. There has to be more. So I, I agree. First, it is profitable. When you agree it is profitable, then whatever demand is placed on you, you now begin to see that you mean just that compared to this? You mean just that? But if you can't settle it's profitable, mm, this Bible, this Bible, Bible, it, it becomes a chore. And I pray for someone under the sound of my voice this evening that this is the evening you become ignited. This is the evening you receive the grace for hunger. This is the evening that there is that come. This is that moment for those who are not listening, listening at a point where it is evening. This is that moment of quickening for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, that every time you spend with and in the world will no longer be business as usual, but it will be an encounter of light. In the name of Jesus. So, let's get into it. There are three bricks I want to lay this evening. There's going to be a lot. So, we'll, we'll, we'll release it, you know, gently. Three bricks. If you're going to profit with God's word, if you're going to profit with God's word, if you're going to profit with God's word, let me, let me tell you, that's what I'm saying. Before we get into all the details, let's settle this so that you can have a conversation with yourself and you will just decide, is this life for me or do I want to continue business as usual? If your decision is business as usual, all these great things Pete is always talking about, I'm okay. It's okay for me to be sick. It's okay for me to be broke. I mean, if, if what he's saying is true, why is everybody not? Really, sincerely, it's an option. It's on the table. And you won't be the first. But if like me, and the beauty of this is some of, some of, some of us know where we started from. And we know we are not there. And we know where he's taking us to. So you can decide first. Before we get into what you decide, if this is not for you, you can, you can join us again. <laughs> Just that really, we are, not, we are not going back to where we've left you. You may have to trust God for another family where that, that kind of thinking is encouraged and permitted. And you have all our blessings. But if you are going to stay with this family, we are, hear me? <clears throat> we are taking over together. We will pray you... <laughs> We will pray you, we will push you, we will encourage you, we will pull you into your God-ordained greatness. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for us as a family, hear me, I speak by prophecy, KICC Canada. None of us will be left behind. None of us will be weak. None of us will be feeble. None of us will be broken. None of us will be damaged. None of us will drop off on the journey of destiny, but together God will raise us into his mighty army that will bring his glory, will bring dominion to his glory to our world. In the name of Jesus. Hmm. Three bricks. Three bricks this evening. If you are going to profit from God's word, you have to settle this and settle this fast. You know, it just dawned on me, if we were having this in person, I would have offered, I, I won't do it online because it's, it's very easy to, <laughs> I've just offered a, maybe we should still do it, I don't know. Maybe next week, there might be a quiz next week and we'll check the chats and the first to give the right answer, we'll get a $100 um, gift card. Um, 
we'll, we'll do the quiz in a way that you won't have enough time to go and look for the answer. It's either you know it or not. But if it was in person, I'll have, I'll have just asked, what are the commitments that we learned about when we talked about epignosis? Just to ensure that we are not just learning and learning and piling, but not becoming. Learning and learning, learning and piling, but not becoming. <laughs> and as you begin to see that this light thing is real, once has it spoken, twice have I heard, you know, and the Holy Spirit begins to show you things. The, the voice is there. You, can, you can't claim you've heard it once. You want power. So the number one brick, somebody saw that. The number one brick we are laying this evening is that for you to engage with the word of God in a profitable manner, in a way that your life will be, the difference will be between night and day which is really where separation of light and darkness. And maybe I should just begin to chip this in. When you begin to see light, begin to, begin to understand what is going on, that God is talking about revelation there. And when you begin to see darkness, it's talking about ignorance. It's talking about, about cluelessness. It's talking about an existence that is, that, is, that is so low. Number one brick, the word of God Scriptures were designed to be spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. It means that if an unspiritual man, an unspiritual woman, or a spiritual man with the lens of the flesh should interact with scriptures, at best, what you will get is education. I was reading a book. Because of the volume of books I read, sometimes I'm not sure of where what was said. And the, the author was recommending what it takes to build an extremely creative mind and was recommending that in the earlier... This was not far from a Christian book. In the early hours of the day, it's good for you to spend time... He called it reading the classics. And as part of the classics, listed some philosophical giants like Plato and Aristotle and Socrates and some of their writings and talked about classical holy books like the Book of Mormon, the Holy Quran, you know, many of, of those books from various religions and just smuggled the Bible, you know, in that same WhatsApp group. And the evidence for them based on their research has shown that those who spend time with those classics have a kind of result. And that's, that's, that's classical engagement. The word of God for it to profit you has to be spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. This is Paul speaking. The spirit of God instructing you, instructing me. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Remember what Paul tells us to Timothy. Speaking to us now, he says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, the breath of God, the spirit of God. So while we have many writers, there is really one author. And he's saying that the way this author rolls, if you are going to get what he's saying, you can't just read what he wrote. You will need his lens to interpret because what he has written there is an invitation for you to come see what he really has in mind for you. I hope someone is getting this. So imagine, 
And really, I think this is, imagine that you have someone dear to you, a son, a, a, a daughter, locked up in a prison. Brutally treated. The, the rules, they are completely different. You know that outside that slavery, there is life there. You own a palace, but somehow this child made decisions and ended up in that place. And the, 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 the rule is that there is, you cannot get anything across to that child, but you are, you are allowed to write letters. And even the letters, somebody is getting it now. Even the letters you will write, we won't just take it and go deliver. We will read it first. And we will ensure that there is nothing in it that can convince or inspire them to deliverance so that they don't begin to nurture the thought that there is life outside of this dungeon, life outside of this prison. And then this loving father says, that's fine. You want me to write? I will write. You are going to read it first before you hand it over? No problem. So he, he now drafts letter in a way that those who will read it as letter will not see light. And really, this is the crux of the matter to us, that if what you are reading is the same thing the adversary can read, that when you are saying it is written, and the enemy is saying it is written, both of you are referring to the same thing, then what you are interacting with only is letter. Glory to Jesus. But there is another existence where that child knows that they read it, they thought they saw it, but they don't know that they did not interact with the spirit. That's really what Paul is saying here. This has to be spiritually discerned so that whoever wants to read it can read it. Academicians can read it. Postgraduate students can read it. Atheists can read it. Agnostics can read it. Anybody can read it, but not everybody will see it. It takes my son, who has my spirit, to now bring out the lens and now begin to read. This is what they saw, boy. Look how much they've missed. But see how much light is now showing me. And really, when I begin to see it, I see that this place is not for me. I see the way I... The, 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 hmm, boy. I see the way out now, but they don't know that I'm seeing it. They are literally the ones, which is why the enemy will find, will fight you the moment you begin to find time for real study. If you just want to do casual reading, no problem. You want to snack on some devotional, no problem. But the moment you begin to hear words like this, and you begin to settle down, I want to see the real deal. I'm, I'm done reading tales by moonlight. I want to delve for real revelation. Paul says it is spiritually discerned. He says the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. He says they are foolishness. They are foolishness. <laughs> you mean you believe a whale swallowed a man? Aren't you, aren't you really smart? It's foolishness. You mean you're going to read this, this thing? This is all you spend your time doing? Oh boy. You won't see profit until you begin to see that this is for me. It says, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You know, it's the prophet Isaiah that gives us insight really into what is going on here. In Isaiah chapter 29, I read verse 11 and verse 12. Hear me, never feel that your educational level puts someone at an advantage better than you. For if the understanding of the revelation of scriptures was based on educational prowess, then the most accomplished people in this life should be the PhD holders and the professors of this world. But look at their lives. 
or the loving father. It says, the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, the one that went to school, the one that has degrees, the one that knows Greek and Hebrew, and hear me, those things are important, but really the seal is the key here. It says, and you give them, read this, I pray thee. And he says, I cannot. I know English, but I, can't, I don't. This is just tales. What, what does this mean? And Jesus went and stood and he said, what does that mean? Someone else is seeing it. It is sealed. Verse 12. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he says, I am not learned. So this is not really about education. This is about revelation. It will meet you where you are. I, I've, I've heard of and recently personally met firsthand the son of someone who was stuck illiterate, could not read anything except the Bible. Could not read even the newspapers. What a life. I wish there would be less junk. <laughs> less junk for us to deal with. So don't rule yourself out. Don't say, PD, the way you interact with scriptures, you know, you, are, you, are, you went to med school, you have a fast brain. <laughs> fast brain does not produce revelation. Don't be deceived. It is light, light, light. I'm just saying, don't, 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 don't accept anyone the enemy places. Don't say, oh, they have more time than you. No, no, nobody has more time. We all have 24 hours. It is priority, priority. There is nobody on the surface of the earth today, today, that has 24.1. All of us. So don't, whatever the enemy brings, don't take it this time. These are the secrets to your victory. Somebody say glory to God. Uh, what really the Holy Spirit is doing with us is we are ending this series where most or we are, we, are, we are beginning this series where most end with. So let's settle this first. Someone is saying, so how does the spiritual man see? Let me just give you the secret. A true man, a true woman of revelation is a man of prayer. And the one who will see results of prayer is one who has revelation. They are intertwined. And the way we will wrap up this evening is I will, I, will, I will show you two prayers that you must pray every time you're about to study scriptures. Every time you're about to listen to a sermon. Every time you're about to read a book. Every time, two prayers you must pray. Many of you, 10 years from today, you will remember. And you say, PD, thank you. Thank you. So number one brick is that we, you cannot continue to engage as though you are reading tales. It's spiritually discerned. If it's going to be profitable to you, you must accept that and you must bring the author, the author, the spirit of God. It says all scripture is inspired, inspired, 
inspired by the the breath of life is on these words. But if you interact with the letter alone, what it produces is death. And there are many who have seen death and they are claiming, was it not the same? No, 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 ma, no, sir. It was not the same word. Yeah, maybe the same verse. Yes, maybe the same version. Yes, even maybe the same publisher. But I, I can tell you, you cannot interact with light and produce death. No, the word always works. And whenever it is not working, you don't check the word. You don't check the word. You go check yourself in humility and say, Father, show me the gaps. I need light. I need more light. What I have now is, is, is a matchstick. What I have now is a torchlight. <laughs> what I have now, this, this recording now, there is a kind of light that you will hear my voice, but you won't see me. So number one, it is spiritually discerned. Number two, Brick, is that if you are going to profitably engage the word of God, you must have a genuine desire and love for the word. It has to be genuine. You know, many say that, um, um, how can you compare studying God's word with like studying, for example, the one I can relate with, studying to be a medical doctor. You know the interesting thing about med school, and I say this with due respect to other professions, this is what I know. In almost anywhere in the world, the standards are very high to get in. You find out that it's the best of the best from all the high schools that, that, <laughs> that jam at med school, and then something, it just normalizes everybody, and now begin to, <laughs> to rediscover yourself again. There are many brilliant, intelligent people that the very first time they, they failed an exam in their life was in med school. I am one of them. You, you don't even use that word near me, normally. There was an in-course. <laughs> let's, not, let's not even go there. Those who, who know med school will know what I mean by in-course. I think it was microbiology. Bacteriology, it was seconding. See, you can see now after all these years, it's the, <laughs> it's cards there. Bacteriology. They just told us, even those who were practicing physicians, they came and told us. They said that if there is one exam, <laughs> you might fail. The other one is called Baby Yinka. Shout out to those who understood what I just said now. <laughs> they will tell you in advance, it doesn't mean you are not brilliant. It doesn't mean you will not become a doctor. It doesn't mean you will not save lives. Thank God for the examples of those who have gone before. Thank God for the examples. It says, yes, you will look unto Jesus, but thank God for that cloud of witnesses. Men, just men. Men like you. Brothers, sisters around you who are, who are, who are laying hold of glory. Around us. Men who have gone before. Who have charted the course. Who have blazed the trail. And they are a reminder on the day of weakness. On the day of tiredness. When it's 4.50. Like, PD, get up, get up. Like, oh, am, I going, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? You now begin to remember what is ahead of you. And those who have gone ahead of you, those who have done this for 10 years, those who have done this for 20 years, those who have done this for, for, for 30 years, those who through faith and patience have verified that the promise is indeed obtainable. Not those who dropped out that will now become your new mentors. Can you see why you need to see who you are getting inspiration from? From the person who dropped out? What does he want to tell you? He'll tell you, that one you failed is the first of many. But someone else who, who, who fell and got up, he said, get up. 
I remember someone who told me, she, she does not know how much impact it had on me. She told me, she said, look at you, Dio, look at you. I believe, I don't know if she was whining. <laughs> she said, look at how brilliant and intelligent you are. She said, my high school grades compare nothing to yours and I am a doctor today. She said, you will get tired along this journey. You may fail some courses, but remember that if I can do it, then you can. Those are the kind of examples we need now. You, you pick an area. You look at the life of faith in the kingdom. I are looking for those who, they sincerely, impossible, does not exist. There is no even motivation. It does not exist at all. You look at those who have settled this thing called kingdom prosperity. They are lending to nations. They are building things for the kingdom. They are sending many that we will never know, sponsoring widows. Those are those we will look, look at. Number two. A genuine desire and love for the word of God. If you are going to engage it profitably, if you are going to engage it profitably, if you are going to engage it profitably, you have to love the word. You know why? It was never letter. It's a person. Can you see it? He is a person. The word is a person. Somebody is getting it now. So if you cannot love him, what you will have is it. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. But the moment you begin to realize now, I'm not interacting with it. This is him. I begin to show love. Love that is unproven is not love. Love that is untested is not love. Love that is not demonstrated is not love. You now begin to prove it by the time you prioritize. Imagine you're in a relationship with a lady that only calls you when she's tired and she's sleeping. Hi, babe. And you are the one really loving. Because you are loving, you're saying go and sleep. No, don't worry. I'm, I'm here. And you're just talking. The person is gone. <laughs> Say good night. I love you. Gone. <laughs> gone. But it's your birthday. Your friends are around you celebrating you. The one that claims that loves you doesn't even remember to call you. And two days after, just say, what's up? How is your day going? You're like, what, what, what? <laughs> Can you see how triggered you are just by these illustrations? You have to understand the word. You know, sometimes you get to a place where you are, you are singing songs. I love your word. I love your spirit. You've gone beyond the surface. That's the destiny upon us as a ministry. God, what God really is doing with us is we are growing roots downward. God is not in the hurry to build skyscrapers. You'll be patient with him and see what he will build with us in our lifetime. He's, 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 he's really investing in our roots because what we're about to carry, boy, Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Your words were found. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. When last did you derive pleasure from study time, from quiet time, from devotion time? I'm talking of real pleasure that was more to you than your favorite team scoring. I'm talking about pleasure that was more to you than the share value of your stock going up. I'm talking about pleasure that was more to you than whatever is the highest pleasure you've experienced in this life. It says that it was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. The book of Job is an interesting one. In some of the chapters, we have an insight into what made this man the greatest man in the East. What made this man the kind of person God could recommend to the devil. And in one of his own statements, he said in verse 12 of Job chapter 23, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have not left his word. He's saying that I have not put something else in his place. I have not re-prioritized him. Because for some of us, it's not as though you don't have a relationship. But the current positioning, the current emphasis, the current level of desire is proof that it's not number one to you. So number one to you. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know, this one has a practical action step. I won't touch food until I have spent time with your word. I will feed the real me before I feed the kissing. That, that's an instant practical step you can take. Hunger is proof of life. Lack of appetite is a sign of sickness. Hunger is proof of life. Lack of, don't allow, hear me, do not allow anybody convince you or bully you that your own is too much. They've not seen what you have seen and that's, and that's fine. If it's too much of a sacrifice for them, have you, have you, have you visited a mine before? Or have you watched documentaries about mines? And now gold is, is cutting from the rough. And now men will labor and go down into the earth and, and, and bring out these things. It, it's treasures. Treasures. Someone else might say, that's too much stress. That's fine. And someone else will say, I'm going after it. I'm going after it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I am going. I am going for this. Say, thank you, PD. I've seen it. So this is, this, is, this is it. Because you cannot invest five months learning dominion and not having dominion. It is an aberration. Not us. Hunger is proof of life. And I pray for someone under the sound of my voice this evening for a fresh hunger. Fresh hunger. Fresh hunger for his presence. Fresh hunger for his spirit. A, 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 a fresh release of fire for your quiet time. That every attack from the pit of hell to bring other things choking, choking, competing for time, competing for attention, competing for affection, competing for rejoicing, competing for gladness, competing for pleasure. We push them away and we elevate to number one place, the most important, which is time with him and fellowship with his spirit. And I pray that you will be that one. For some, it's not an arrival. It's a restoration of an hunger you used to have before. I pray that that hunger will be restored. And for many who are saying, PD, I don't relate. I've never known a time where I, I, I am praying that you will know that time and your life will be proof that you made the right decision. In the name of Jesus. A genuine desire and love for the word. A genuine desire and love for the word. A genuine desire and love for the word. Foundation two. Do not forget foundation one. These riches 
are spiritually discerned. It doesn't mean if you, of course, there are many who interact with it. There are many who have bachelors, masters, PhDs, postdocs in theology, in New Testamentology. Some have even become experts in certain books. Some are experts in Paul. Some are experts in James. And all of that academic prowess with no light. Number two, a genuine desire and love for the word. Number three, number three, and the last one this evening. Number three, a commitment. Hear me now. Let me tell you how I was going to say this and how some of my teachers said this. But I know if I just said it the same way, something in you might push back. Really, what we're supposed to say is a commitment to put in the hard work. Just the illustration we give about gold mines, you Google it. Apart from the fact that that even opens a, it opens a different conversation entirely in terms of the welfare of the people who do the dirty work of digging deep. And now some of them know no safety equipment. Some of them earn, I mean, to them, to them, it's already, they, they've blown. They would rather do that. They would rather go down, some of them, without even face coverings. Some of them without helmets. If you, if you watch documentaries about the, uh, the, the Congo Republic, and now Coltan, which, which powers technology and semiconductors, as we know our world today, most of our smart devices, you'll be shocked at the guys doing it, and how much they are being paid, and how happy they are. But the point we are really, really making here is that you, you don't just go there and you're like, oh, gold, wow, gold, oh, Colton, you know, just open it, go, because that's really what a lot of us want. Oh, wow, Rev, Rema. <laughs> Number three, foundation. Let's settle this. There is a commitment. I would, I would have just said to put in the work, but it might push you away that can be preaching works. Isn't that legalism? Isn't that what Jesus delivered us from? I am telling you now, this is the voice of the lover of your soul. Inviting you. He's saying that the riches I have for you, I can't put it on the surface. If not, they won't deliver it. Can you remember our illustration? They can't give you the kind of letter that what it contains is all light, all light, all light. They will fight it, fight it, fight it. Your job will fight it. Your mind will fight it. Your family will fight it. Your friends will fight it. They will, they will pull you down back to normalcy and tell you it's okay. We are all in a recession except from the fact that we are not all in a recession. Some of us have light. So he's inviting you. He's inviting you. He's saying there's more to what you've just read now. So the way I've written it down and the way I'm going to say it to us is a commitment to diligent, hard work powered by grace. If you try to do this hard work by your strength, you will burn out, you will tire out, and you will drop out. If you are, and, and really, Burnout is proof of whose energy was being spent. Somebody needs to write that down. Whenever you eat burnout, this is for all of us. Men of God, women of God, teachers of the word, itinerant ministers, traveling around the world, speaking around the world, speaking at multiple conventions. I am telling you, there's, there's something called the, the energy of the spirit that what, it doesn't matter at what level you're functioning. Burnout 
is proof of whose strength really was being spent. For if it is his strength, boy, oh boy, can someone just where you are just pray in the language of the Spirit for 30 seconds? These are rich jewels being communicated. And I say, Father, I'm tired of hearing with my physical ears. I want to receive. I want to receive the treasures, the riches. Somebody take 15 more seconds and press in a bit right there where you are. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. The number three foundation is there must be a commitment to put in the diligent hard work that is required, but it must be powered by his grace. Let me give you an example. By the grace of God, by the, not just the privilege of access, but actually sonship. I can say this publicly, that I am my father's son. You know, um, the other day at the stewards meeting, <laughs> this is funny, we were, we were, um, watching a training where pastor, pastor was the one teaching. And pastor said something. And all the stewards just started laughing. And they said, PD, indeed, you are your father's son. So I am proudly my father's son. No, there's no, there's nothing. Proudly, like a badge, I wear it. <laughs> Glory to God. For, for those who are wondering, if you don't know, that's even wrong. I'm talking about our daddy, Pastor Matthew. So let me, let me give this illustration for illustration purposes. Let's, let's, you know, pastor has just been so blessed. You know, I'm trying to give an illustration using one area that he has written on. And like a million just showed up in my head. If you want to go, leadership is written. If you want to go on finances, is written. If you want, where do you want to go? So let's pick. Which one shall we pick? Let's pick the 10 M's of money as an example. All right. Or let's speak tongues of fire. Let's speak tongues of fire. Let's speak tongues of fire. Let's say I am, I am um, interested in learning deeply about tongues of fire. And I look at the book and I see that the author, Matthew Ashimolo, that's my daddy's name. I have my daddy's phone number. Now, I can call him and say, Hi, dad. I want you to tell me about the ten M's of money. Now, depending on who, where you now begin to see the role that spiritual growth plays in accessing revelation knowledge. Remember, we talked about various lights. There was a smaller light and there were greater lights. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Somebody's seen it. Somebody's seen it. So, depending on how old I am when I'm making that call, if it is me now making the call and I make that kind of request, if, maybe if it's one of his grandchildren, he can understand and just give you maybe an acronym for the 10. Or he might just say, I've written on that. And I say, yes, I have the book in my hand. I just want you to tell me about it. Imagine how that conversation will turn out. Or if I call him and say, dad, guess what? I just finished reading the 10 M's of money. Wow. What a book, amazing. Oh, he says, thank you, he's blessed, you know, many all over the world. Oh, we are talking tongues of fire. <laughs> oh, tongues of fire awarded multiple awards. This is now, this is real life. This is not just illustration. Oh, it has blessed many. I said, dad, there's something you said in page this. It's, and he would say, do you know of the million of copies that have sold? You are the first 
to ask me this question and I've been willing to have a conversation about this chapter with someone. That is where we now enter into the riches of the heart of the Father. Are you seeing it now? So that when you interact with scriptures and you're, you're, you, have, you have told yourself, I will live my life by what the Holy Spirit is telling me without spending time in what he has said and recorded for me in his word, you will not maximize that relationship. But when you are there and saying, Spirit of God, wow, look at what you said to the Galatians. Look at this thing going on in Lefticus. What really is your mind here? And the Holy Spirit of God said, boy, millions across generations have read this and you're asking me, this is the light I want to show you. Can you see that there's diligence to it? That you've read it? There's diligence to it. Not a pastor. Can you tell me about tongues of fire? <laughs> a commitment to diligent hard work powered by grace. Let me tell you, there are two people that will evolve from this service and from this conversation. Those that will say yes to this invitation, say, God, you know me. You know, you know me. You know, <laughs> you know me. If I don't have your help, this thing PD is talking about, we might as well forget it. So I need your help. But my answer, the posture of my heart is yes. That's category one. Category two is please. <laughs> And life itself would have designed an experiment for us where we have the control group <coughs> and we have the dominion group. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice that you will belong to the dominion group. In the mighty name of Jesus, there is, there is hard work that must be put in and that work must be powered by grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10 as we begin to round up this evening. This is Paul speaking. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. Paul, what are you saying? That grace can be in vain? Yes. It says, but I labored more abundantly. I put in the work than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I woke up at five, yet not I, but the grace of God empowers me to pray. I went on that three-day fast, yet not I, but the grace of God empowered me. I wake up at 4 a.m. to study God's word, just me and him, no noise, no children, no baby crying, yet not I, but the grace of God that was at work in me. I stayed after times of refreshing at 6 to spend 30 minutes in the word, richly unveiling treasures there, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Is that work? Lazy people don't touch treasures. It is anti- it is anti-everything. So what really is the work in digging treasures? The two main work there is the study. The study and the meditation part. The study and the meditation part. Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Boy, oh boy. I am just so glad that the Lord loves us. He's sending us his word. And very soon your life, we will be the ones, we will be the proof 
that this treasure, this treasure was worth pursuing. It was worth pushing every other thing away for. Proverbs chapter 2. It says, my son, and I'm speaking to you by the spirit of God now. If, if, can you see that? It's, it's almost like a painful cry of the father. It says many just stay at the surface. Many just speak crumbs and they are celebrating when what I have invited them to is a lot more. It says if you will receive my words. It's amazing that that's the first step. Receive. Many show up in their thousands to churches and they receive nothing. They are already full, already full, full of ideas, full of mindsets, full of opinions. They are already full of, the, of whatever it is the pastor has come to say. They are just there, already full. It says, if you will receive my words, if you will hide my commandments. It's saying there is a jealousy to it. There is a guarding to it. If you will hide my commandments with you, you will keep it. So that when things begin to come, when people begin to give suggestions, when life begins to happen, when that symptom comes, when the collectors come, when it looks as though, PD, I know what God says, but this is what life is saying. He says you can hide it and say that this is the truth. Let life happen and let God be true. Let every other one be a liar. He said you guide it there. You don't drop it and say, I said it. I said it. No, you didn't say it. <laughs> if you will incline, oh my, oh my, incline. There are two ways I love to explain inclining. Inclining. One of the ways many of us, maybe three, the third one might not make sense to this young generation that, you know, TV is now, internet, even if you tell them about antennas, they don't even know what antennas are. So if I tell you you are inclining the antenna at a certain angle to get certain reception, many do not understand it. But I grew up in a certain city and I frequently passed through a certain place where every bus going everywhere, you, you most likely can meet it there. I'm not talking about your cute bus terminals and your train stations. You know, that's the picture that is, is, is forming in your mind. And in this certain place, there is music blasting like 2020. Playing different songs at the same time so that you can hear it and come by. And you begin to notice, when I stand this way, this is the song I can hear. When I stand this way, this is the song I can hear. Inclination is adjusting your posture to ensure you are hearing the right voice. Because there are many voices. There's the voice of the serpent. There's the voice of the people. There's the voice of flesh. There's the voice of common sense. There's the voice of popular opinion. There's the voice of family. There's the voice of people who care about you too much to prevent you from entering into destiny. There's the voice of the letter and there's the voice of the spirit. It says you will need to incline. The other way I appreciate this is for those of us who are in music and you're trying to, to teach a choir a song in varying parts. We use the term score. So the sopranos need to learn their part. The altos need to learn their part. These things have become easy these days now. You have shit music. You have part tutorials online. Boy, oh boy. Back in the day, you will sit there and you plug your ears and you will incline. You will incline to soprano. 
There's a full orchestra, five, ten instruments, 100 singers. The, the same thing plugged into your ears, and you are there scoring the soprano parts. And then you listen again. Same thing, but now you are now deaf to soprano, but you are now alive to alto, and that is what you score. At another point, you are dead to soprano and alto, you are listening to tenor. Then you now go to the keys, keyboard one, keyboard two, keyboard three. You are scoring the chords there, and you now go to the cymbals, the percussions, the bass guitars, the lead guitars, all of this in, in a rowdy, organized, but you are picking it, that's inclining. It says, hear me, it says you must incline your ear unto wisdom and apply, apply your heart to understanding. In verse 3, it says, if you cry after knowledge, that's the language of pursuit. I think we, 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 we scratched on this a bit in, I think it was the series Casting Crowns. And lift up your voice for understanding. You lift up your voice. You, you lift up your voice. And I said there are two prayers I will leave us with this evening. You lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, it's saying revelation knowledge is precious. If you seek, if you seek and search for her as for hid treasures, verse 5 tells you the result. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. It says in verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Verse 7 gives you the basis for this pursuit. It says, he hides away. I'm reading now, I've switched to the Amplified. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it up. He hides it and stores it up for the righteous. And he's telling the righteous, come on. Don't, don't think this is all there is. This is really what there is. But... He says, those who are upright and in right standing with him is a shield to those who walk uprightly and in integrity. There is a call to study. It's a bit beyond reading. And we'll begin to break this down in the coming iterations on really how study is done. How really, not, of course, you, I, I do not intend to assume that you've not been studying. I'm just going to share with us by the Spirit real and true practical tips that can help you make the most. Remember, the key is profitability. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Study and be eager and do your utmost. That's the Amplified again. The King James says, study to show yourself approved. The Amplified gives us the thoughts there in more detail. It says you will do the utmost. Back in the days when we needed to burn candles, you will burn the, the, the I think it is proverbially called the midnight oil or the midnight lamp. You burn it. People are like, wait, I don't want preaching next week. No. Are you the one? No. I, I, wait, are you trying to tell me my life is not that important? What do you mean am I the one preaching? This, this family, you think my, my head can handle it? Ministry? You think my head can, can handle it? Teaching God, you think my head can handle it? If, if not for light, boy. And he begins to devote. There he says, do the utmost. You may be criticized. People might talk about you. Some will encourage you. Many will pull you down. He says, you will do the utmost. You present yourself to God approved. Tested by trial. A workman that has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. 
So the work done is in study. The work done is in meditation. I believe that we have an entire month dedicated to meditation. I believe so. Psalms 119 verse 148. It says, My eyes anticipate the night watches and I am awake. Before the cry of the watchman that I may meditate on your word. I stay awake just to meditate on your word. To brood over your word. I've heard about new wine. I've heard it over again. Light has come. It has been quickened. Not that the plan is not for me to know about new wine. The plan is for me to be drunk and intoxicated. So there is a gap. Holy Spirit, <laughs> let's get to it. And you are there. You are breathing on the word. Breathing on the scriptures. Don't worry, we'll get into how, how it is really done. And you are there. It says the morning catches you there. In the message, it says, I stayed awake all night, prayerfully pondering your promise. Prayerfully pondering your promise until it becomes too real to you. You can't even touch it. Boy. Boy, oh boy. So number one foundation, this word of God to be profitable must be interacted with something that is spiritually discerned. So the canal man, tales by moonlight, it's foolishness in the words of scriptures. Number two, there must be a genuine desire and love for the word of God. Number three, by grace, hear me, by grace, there must be a commitment to put in diligently the hard work required for study and for meditation. I round up this evening with a quote by R.A. Torrey, Reuben A. Torrey, an amazing man of God, who was written excellently on this subject and many other subjects, was a close associate of D.L. Moody and, and one of the, um, I think, principals at the um, Moody Bible Institute. Listen to the quotes he gave. And this quote will make sense to us, considering the illustration I made about calling pastor to discuss a book he has written. It says, and I quote, It is a rare privilege to study a book under the direct tutelage of the author and that is the invitation we have all received to study of scriptures let me read that again it is a rare privilege to study a book under the direct tutelage of the author and that is the invitation we have all received to the study of the scriptures. It says prayer will do more than a college education. Prayer, prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit in the author of scriptures, the, 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 the source of light will do more than a college education. These are the two prayers as we round up this evening. The two prayers you must pray. Every time before you study the word, before you open your Bible, before you read a book, before you listen to PD or any other teacher who you know that what they're about to teach is God's word and what it is about to produce in you is faith, not fear. Two prayers. Please write down. If you've not been writing since, which is wrong <laughs> by all standards, please write this down. And practice it. Practice it. We'll get to that. Practice it. Psalms 119 verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. That's the New King James. 
the old King James says, open thou my eyes that I may behold. Same thought. You're asking the author of scriptures. I am here to study. I'm here to listen to this sermon. I am here to watch, maybe on YouTube, listen on a podcast, read this book, or just sit with the word. Open my eyes. I want to see wondrous things from your word. I want to hear your voice. I don't. I, I, I went to school. I can read. Fine. I'm not here to read. I'm, I'm here to receive revelation. I'm here to receive life. Let there be light. Open my eyes that I may see. You watch what will begin to happen. The second prayer, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and verse 18. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and verse 18. Paul praying to the church in Ephesus. Pray for the church in Ephesus. And by all means, valid for the believer today. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, may give to me. So this is how you do this. Father, as I'm about to engage with your word, precious Holy Spirit, I ask that you open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your word. Give me revelation knowledge. Let there be light. This is really who we'll now begin to talk about the role of fasting because fasting triggers a breaking forth of light. Ephesians 1.17 Thank you, Father. As I'm about to go into your word, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened that I will know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in me in the sense you make it personal and you pray this prayer every time every day every time every day with expectation that it will be answered not pretty uh, so you prayed so I prayed no stay there there are treasures for you and I hold my hand with yours this evening that you begin to engage the word of God profitably. That in a couple of months to years, we will look at who you were and who you are now. And we will all agree that this can only be a product of revelation and that your life will be one of dominion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you've been blessed by the word this evening, I want you to raise your hands to heaven and say, thank you, Father, for your word. I am forever changed. Thank you because my days of darkness and my days of low light are over. I have entered into a season of revelation, into a season of revelation, and I have now accepted that my life will be one of dominion. Dominion in every facet, dominion in every area of my life because I am no longer reading letters, I am no longer reading stories, but I am receiving the very mind of the author. I am receiving the very breath of life. I am seeing treasures that will make for my transformation and that will change my world. Thank you, gracious Father. Glory be unto your name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Before we round up this evening, I want to pray with someone. Remember the first foundation. It has to be spiritually discerned. If you're still a carnal man, if you're an unbeliever, if you're out there and you've not joined us in this kingdom, the first invitation upon your life is to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to his will, to say yes to his way. This is not an invitation to church. This is not an invitation to religion. This is an invitation from the lover of your soul for you to begin to live the life that he created you to live. 
whether you are doing this for the first time or you are rededicating your life, I want to pray with you. This evening, this evening, now this light will first begin to shine in your heart as you open the door and you say yes to Jesus. Into my heart. Into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Let's say this short word of prayer together. Believing. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the sacrifice you made for me. I acknowledge my sin and my need for a Savior. Yeah, you can say it with me. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. Thank you for dying for my own sins. Thank you because the grave could not keep you. On the third day, you rose triumphantly. I believe you're alive today. And I ask you to come live in me. I ask you to live through me. Completely surrender. And I receive your grace to live for you. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. I confess you as Lord and Savior. And I receive eternal life. I will live the rest of my life for your glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, thank you for your sons. Thank you for your daughters who have received the life, the very life of God in this moment. Made the greatest, best decision. Father, I commit them into your able hands that you will keep them, that you will supply, cause a mighty supply of your spirit and a multiplication of your grace. Let them go from strength to strength to strength. In the name of Jesus. Let them grow to be giants in your kingdom. Let them become a wonder to their world. Let them stay with you, grounded. Not to return to what they've left, but to stay with you, to stay in you. To be all that you have created them to be. Thank you, gracious Father, because it is done. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Come on wherever you are, if you can. I want you to jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.